0: And good day once again to every one of you listening to us. Welcome to another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. If you're listening to us in the United States of America, welcome to you. And if you're in another country other than the good old U.S. of A., welcome to you also. Whatever state you're in in the good old U.S. of A., you're listening to us, welcome you. In Southern Virginia, you're listening to us on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also hear us on www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. If you would like this or any other broadcast, if you just want to hear it again, if you want to hear what we've done in the past, you can find the podcast by searching any podcast player on your smart device. You can search iTunes. You can uh, search any podcast player. Just search The C.D. Hodges podcast. The C.D. Hodges, and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your marriage and family relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick, what slows you down, what speeds you up, and ultimately help you repair, even grow and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Well, last week I talked about divorce-proofing your marriage. And I want to tell you that that was part one. We're going to come with part two on today of divorce-proofing your marriage. And God bless us with the gift of marriage, with the intent that it would last a lifetime. And as we said to you on last week, you just don't believe that nobody uh, married with any less intentions than it lasting for a lifetime. We all marry with the intent that it will last until death parts us. Yet marriages end in divorce every day. And you know, I I, I I think sometimes that we think that there's only one person in the world for us. And some of us even think that when God sends us that right person, it's going to be a wonderful, blissful, trouble-free life with no conflict at all. We'll live happily ever after. Some kind of storybook Hollywood dream. Um, I don't mean to bust anybody's bubble out there, but even if God sends you that person that's just for you, even if God sends you the one that he wants you to have, you're still going to have to put your time in to make the marriage all you dream of it being. That's because you're still going to have to deal with you. Even if God sends you the one that you're supposed to be married with, even if God sends you that one, and by the way, parentheses, I don't believe that there's just one person meant for you. Close parentheses, but we'll cover that in another session. But even if God sends you one person that's right for you, you're still going to have to work and put your time in to make the marriage work. Why? Because you're still going to have to deal with With you. If the marriage is going to be what you dream of it being, you're going to have to put your time in and deal with yourself. You know, we're prone to mess up the gifts that God gives to us. We mess up other gifts God gives to us. What makes you think we're not going to mess up our marriage gift? And marriage is definitely a gift from God. And it's no different than any other gift. It works when we receive it as a gift from God, when we treat it as a gift from God, when we invest in it as a gift from God. You know, we will mess up, we'll wreck, we'll destroy, we'll ruin our marriages. If we don't get ourselves together, you know, this week I learned that, uh, I don't know about you out there, but I watched a good amount of HGTV and, uh, I watched as, uh, Tarek and Christina El Musa busted up their marriage after they had a couple of children. And then in less than a year, both of them are, are dating engaged and married again. And in less than two years, Christina has gone from being married to separated to divorced to having a baby to meeting a new man to getting engaged to getting married and having another baby all in less than two years. And I just learned just a day or two ago that she's getting ready to split up with this new husband. You know, if that's the way you're going to treat marriage, it's no more than dating, then you can expect our divorce rate to remain high. But when we treat marriages as the gifts from God that they are, when we treat marriage as the honorable, divinely given gift from God that it is, then we'll be more motivated to make our marriages work and to invest in our marriage what's required for them to work. And listen, if our marriages will last We have to deal with our baggage and deal with our emotional brokenness and deal with our past relationships. Christina didn't do that. We're going to have to deal with it. We just have to deal with all of the everything that has gone into making us who we are. Because a lot of stuff, and again, I don't mean to hurt nobody's feelings, but a lot of stuff has gone into us. And it affects our personalities, it affects our attitudes, it affects our dispositions, our perspectives, our worldviews, and it takes a world of work. It takes a lifetime of work to get all of that, all of those dynamics about you, it takes a lifetime of work to get them ready to meet up with and be fulfilling in relationship with another person. And we've got to deal with all of that honestly. We've got to get ourselves together so that we can increase our marryability. We want to be more marriable. You treat food so that it can be edible. You treat cars so they can be drivable. You treat homes so they can be livable. Let's treat our hearts, let's treat our minds, let's treat our souls. So that we can be marriable. Now last week I gave you five keys to divorce proofing your marriage. They were number one, share your faith. And that means keep Jesus at the center for real folks. Number two, have a marriage mission and a purpose. And that will allow you to look to that mission and purpose instead of your personal agendas. Number three, learn each other's love language. Learn each other's love language. Words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, gift giving, gift giving. One or two of those really speaks to you and says that you are love. And you speak one of two of those in order to say, I love you. Number four, live in love. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us how to be and how not to be in order to express love and have real love for one another. So forget all of this stuff about falling in love. Forget that fall in love business and learn to grow in love. Learn to live in love. And the fifth and final key to divorce proof in your marriage, invest in each other. Invest in each other. You know, you have to invest quality time and effort into building each other up and helping each other become the version, the best version of themselves that God intended for them to be. Consider that your mission. Help your spouse, help your mate, help your husband or help your wife become the best version of themselves that God desires for them to be. You know, no relationship grows or becomes prosperous and fulfilling without putting a significant amount of quality time into the relationship. You can't even have a good relationship with God if you don't live a life that welcomes Him in and spend time in the Word, spend time meditating in the Word, spend time praying, spend time believing and exercising your faith. You can't have a good relationship with God if you don't spend quality time working on the relationship likewise you cannot have a good productive profitable fulfilling marriage relationship if you do not invest quality time into your marriage and here's something here's something that I didn't have time to tell you on last week we ran out of time that is we should make it our business to intentionally invest in our partners on the regular Make it our business to intentionally invest in our partners on the regular. Investing in our partners is something we do on purpose to enhance our marriage relationships and help ensure our marriages become what God designed them to be and what we dream that they can be. Folks, this is intentional. Work is on purpose. Marriage is on purpose. Successful marriage, loving, fulfilling marriage is not by accident. It is definitely on purpose. And we have to invest in each other on purpose. It's imperative that we invest our time, our gifts, our talents, and everything else about us. It's imperative that we invest all of ourselves into our marriages and into our spouses Put all of us at their disposal to help them become their best them. And they do us likewise. And watch what happens to your marriage. If you don't get in the habit of making these investments regularly, your mistakes will cost you dearly. They're going to cost you even more. Make the investments in your partners because our marriages are sure bets. And it's an investment that will certainly pay off in the short run and the long run. I was talking to my money manager this afternoon, and, uh, you know, we were talking about investments and, and sure investments, and, and you cannot predict the market, and, and the wisdom of not having all of your eggs in one basket. And, and a lot of times when we're investing in the stock market, we're doing a lot by chance. And we don't know if investing in that stock is going to pay off or not. But let me tell you something. Investing in your marriage, making a sacrificial investment in your marriage, that's an investment that will pay off for you every single time. It's going to pay off every single time. So get in the habit of investing in your marriage on the regular. Because if you don't get in the habit of making these regular investments in your marriage... Again, your mistakes are going to be really extremely costly. At a minimum, your mistakes are going to be extremely costly. So make the investment in your partner because our marriages are a sure bet. All right? And and this reminds me of something else also, a concept called the love bank concept. And I want to look at the love bank concept for just a moment here. And whether your bank is Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Chase Manhattan, or maybe some of you out there like me, I do my banking business with Navy Federal Credit Union mostly. Regardless of the name, all of these financial institutions have one thing in common. You cannot make a withdrawal if you have not made any deposits. You cannot make a withdrawal if you have not made any deposits. And love banking functions in quite the same way. I'm still talking about how to divorce-proof your marriage now, so listen in closely. Love banking functions in quite the same way. A moment ago, I told you that we should invest our time, gifts, talents, and everything else about us, we should invest that in our marriages, make it at, put it at the disposal of our marriages. Those are love deposits. Keeping your word, that's a love deposit. Being on time, that's a love deposit. Remembering days and things and events, those are all love deposits. Going to dinner, sitting down watching a movie, spending time together, giving gifts, bringing home flowers. (coughs) Those are all love deposits. Those are investments, those are love deposits, and you need to get in the habit of making these love deposits. Learning to read your partner's emotions and responding to them is a love deposit. For example, after you've been married for a while, you can tell when your partner has had a bad day or a troubling experience. When you respond to those cues in a supportive, positive, uplifting way, that's a serious love deposit. When your spouse, when your husband, or when your wife is sharing their dreams and aspirations with you, and you vocalize your support and you help them reach for it and you give them positive. Enforcement and reinforcement on reaching those dreams. Those are serious love deposits. A love withdrawal, on the other hand, is any kind of mistake or mess up or faux pas, especially one that requires forgiveness. Any experience that raises a negative emotion in your spouse that's a love withdrawal. Any experience that taps into your partner's sense of security, that's a love withdrawal. So there are love deposits in the form of positive experiences, positive reinforcement, positive uh, strokes of love, actions, words, behaviors, conduct, ways of being that build your spouse up, build up your husband, build up your wife, and make them feel valuable. Validate their value and their worth. Those are all love deposits. But any behavior, any conduct, any attitude, any language, any way of being that raises doubt in your partner, that expresses a negative Emotion. Sometimes the negative emotion may be necessary, but it's still a love withdrawal. But anything that taps into your partner's sense of security, that's going to be a love withdrawal. You know, we form big problems when our love withdrawals exceed our love deposits. When you write a check, and I know we don't use checks much more, but some of us do, uh, uh, but pay attention to the moral of the story. When you write a check and don't have money in your account to cover the amount you wrote, the bank will cover that. It's called an overdraft. The bank will cover that overdraft, but there is a serious penalty for that, and that penalty reminds you, don't do this. This is not appropriate behavior. So the bank will pay that penalty for you, or the bank will pay that uh, overdraft for you, but there's a penalty for that. That protects you, but that protection costs an extra fee. And if you have too many overdrafts, the bank will just close your account. You are not a trustworthy customer. When you continually write checks that you don't have money to pay, you're lying. Writing a check is a promissory note. When you sign your name to that check, that says, I promise I have the money and my name is good. And if you continue to write checks without having money in your account, You're lying and your name is no good. You're not a trustworthy customer. The bank will close your account. You don't pay your checks. And it is the same as not keeping your word. Likewise, when you make love withdrawals and you don't have enough love deposits to cover your love withdrawals, folks, it's extremely costly. And you're going to have to pay a penalty. There's going to be a penalty to be paid. And too many marriages are failing and ending in divorce because of the imbalance between deposits and withdrawals. I said too many marriages are failing and ending in divorce because of the imbalance between deposits and withdrawals. Here's something you should be aware of. Negative interactions are a lot more powerful than positive ones. What does that mean? John Gottman and Robert Levinson closely studied the effects of negativity with couples. They found that for every negative encounter, you're going to have to have a minimum of five positive ones to counterbalance the effect of a negative one. Five positive encounters to counterbalance the effect of one negative encounter. So for every love withdrawal you make, you're going to have to have at least five love deposits to fix the balance. A minimum of five positive love deposits to balance out one love withdrawal. And that number depends on the size and the degree of your love withdrawal. For example, you may come home late one time, and you can balance that with a foot rub. But if you have an affair, that's an incalculable withdrawal. Those are two polar opposites I know. I know those are are extremes, but I want to make the point here. I'm trying to get you to get the idea. You're going to need five, at least five love deposits to balance out one love withdrawal. So please keep that in mind. Withdrawals are exceeding deposits. When withdrawals are exceeding deposits, and we're not reconciling the withdrawals with the deposits, we're making trouble, we're making problems. And in so many marriages, they're divorcing and heading toward divorce because withdrawals are exceeding deposits. And the two are not being uh, reconciled. Accounts, Accounts are not being reconciled. You must reconcile your love bank account. And because of this, we're not reconciling our love bank accounts. We're not reconciling our withdrawals and deposits. Because of this, we're digging emotional holes that we're unable to dig ourselves out of. It's just like running up a credit card. If you're always paying the minimum amount due, you're digging a hole that you may not be able to get yourself out of. And whatever it is you're buying on credit, it's going to cost you a whole lot more than it really needs to because you're not paying your bill. And believe me, when we do not reconcile, when we do not balance our love accounts, We're digging holes. We're digging emotional holes. And if you've been married any length of time, you know that when any partner is hurt, it's going to take some sincere, serious work to get that hurt healed up. Remember, five deposits to one withdrawal. Five deposits to one withdrawal. You got to keep this in mind. You got to remember this. So if you want to divorce proof your marriage, determine that you're going to do the work. Determine that you're going to do the work. Not only work on your love bank account. Not only work on reconciling the imbalance between deposits and withdrawals. But let me tell you something else that would help you a whole lot. Uh, 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 Determine that you would do the work and then be like some people. Some people are proactive. They see a marriage counselor before they have a problem that requires counseling. They treat counseling like medicine. You know, you can get a break on your insurance if you have a good record and track record of preventive care. Preventive care and regular medical checkups increase the chances of longer, better health. Likewise, preventive marriage care and regular marriage checkups will help ensure your marriage lasts and it's healthier. What's involved in these regular checkups? What do they cover? What do they really deal with? Well, after people have been married for a few years and the honeymoon phase is over, most people run into some things that they do not expect or they run into some things they thought they, they, they would expect or they did expect and don't get or they don't expect and do get. Those experiences can wreak havoc on your love bank accounts. Those experiences can wreak havoc in your marriage if you don't tend to them. And if you're not careful, they can cause some long-term problems or even worse. Maybe, maybe... Here is where you could really benefit from having a mentoring couple. Maybe it's not a counselor you need. Maybe you just need a mentoring couple. And that's an older, more experienced couple who've successfully traversed a lot of the muck and the mire of marriage because marriage can have a lot of muck and mire. They can help walk you through some things. Including a third party, such as a counselor, such as a mentoring couple, including a third party in your marriage can help you sort things out and get a grip on your feelings and your experiences. When I would do marriage ministry in church, I would always tell couples to get used to asking themselves two questions. Number one, what do I feel? Number two, why do I feel it? Those two questions can actually save you a lot of counseling time, possibly some counseling money, if you deal with them honestly. But if you cannot deal honestly with the question, what do I feel and why do I feel it? If you cannot be honest with yourself, then by all means, get a third party involved get a third party involved. These regular checkups can be a valuable tool to help you learn to talk about and to accept yourself as well as help you learn to talk to and express yourself to your partner. Help you learn to accept your partner because now you understand better how to accept yourself. You need to deal with the question of whether or not you feel respected in your marriage. You need to deal with the question of of whether or not the, the way you're being treated or the way you're treating your partner represents respect or disrespect. Are you respecting or disrespecting your spouse? Be honest about it. You need some checkups to do this now. You need some work to come to grips with this. Too often, too often, our pride overcomes us. And we just refuse to admit and accept that our partners are better at a given skill than we are. Maybe in your marriage, the wife is better at finances than the husband. But the husband suffers from the I'm supposed to handle the money syndrome. And he just can't, or he refuses to accept and admit that his wife is better at finances. Well, if you don't get this little molehill tended to, it's going to become a mountain. And if you don't balance that, because you're definitely going to make more withdrawals than deposits in your love bank account. If you don't reconcile the imbalance, if you don't get your balance back, then molehill is going to become a mountain. And it's going to become a mountain that will be extremely costly in the end. That checkup with a third party can help you uncover some things you're dealing with in your own mind, in your own soul. That third party checkup, that mentoring couple, that counseling before you need counseling can help you uncover some stuff that you're dealing with emotionally. Talk some things out with somebody. That checkup with a third party can help you put to rest some of these things. You know, early on in marriage, arguments are small. They're few. They're far between. But the longer you remain married, the more you find expectations are not being met. Or you may begin to feel unheard. You may begin to feel unappreciated or unrecognized. Watch out for those things that start off small. They always start off small. They always pop up. Be careful, folks. Be careful. Little disagreements that seem to come out of nowhere. They're more like mosquitoes or nets or some little insect or bug. that just keep nagging at you. If there's something going on in your marriage that keeps nagging at you, it's time to bring that third party in because you are obviously either unable or unwilling to expose it and deal with it. Bring that third party in. So you can get that love bank account. Reconcile and be careful because where these little arguments used to result in small love withdrawals, they can become inflated and pick up intensity. And you need to be on the lookout for these types of shifts in your marriage, these types of shifts in your marriage. When you start saying we don't do like we used to, your marriage is shifting. Be aware of that. Don't ignore it and say things like, oh, we can handle it. The shift is slow and gradual now, and if not tended to, the shift will grow into something awful, and you won't even realize how you got in it that deep, and you certainly won't know how to get yourself out. Intentionally keep dating after you get married. Intentionally spend time together. Make positive interactions happen on person. Intentionally, intentionally pay attention to your partner. Expect them to discover his or her love language. And intentionally try to speak their love language. Practice sharing your own love language with your partner. Intentionally practice sharing your heart and mind with your partner. Intentionally practice 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You will be the better for it. I'm not trying to give you some robotic plan that's sure to make your marriage last. What I'm saying is this right here. If you take this seriously, what I'm saying to you, if you take it seriously, put your heart into it, put your mind into it, put your soul into it, put your body into it and give it your all, you will build a love relationship. You will live in love and not just depend on falling in love. It will be fulfilling and lasting. Your marriage will be the place that both of you want to run to after a long day. Your marriage will be the place that both of you want to run to when the world is burdening you. Or even when there's a good time, you just want to get home to your marriage. Hey, listen, I'm all out of time. This has been a good session being with you. So glad to be with you. Hit me up on Facebook if if I need to hear from you. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. I need to hear from you. Until we meet again, God bless, and we're out.